Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I was, I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support local, mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Miss 305. She's Ashley Pickle. Howdy. Hi. We need to build the Atlanta Aquarium an invoice because we're getting them business over here. Oh, yeah, people are like, I'm going to go. Yeah. You're welcome. We've got people supporting the fact that the Atlanta Aquarium is dope. There you go. Today is Thursday, January 5th, 2023, 322 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Dead Mouse. And here to play America's favorite game, older or <laughs> oh, younger God. than Tepper, Dead Mouse, the famous DJ, electronic dance and house DJ. If you're... If you're younger than Dead Mouse, I would be surprised. I'm going to say he's older than you. Dead Mouse is 42 years old today. Yeah. Happy 42nd birthday to Dead Mouse. Uh, it's episode 1519. On today's show, folks, we are going to talk a little bit about the national championship. We're going to talk specifically about, and we'll be kind of covering it over the next couple of shows leading up to Monday's big game. Um, for TCU. We're going to be talking about the three Georgia players that TCU must deal with, must stop in the national championship if they're going to bring it home. We'll talk about that. And then back half the show, it's the off season, so it's time for Dumb Thursday. Dumb Thursday. On Dumb Thursday, we're going to ask a dumb question. We'll have that dumb question coming up for you <laughs> at the back half of the show. It is football related, I should say. It's a dumb football related question, we should say. Uh, we'll have Math Tuesday. And Wait till May rolls around. Well, Math Tuesday <laughs> and Dumb Thursday. <laughs> dumb Thursday. Dumb Thursday. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Nick Morton, Tony Blaylock, uh, Tanner Solis. I'm going to assume that's T Solis 979. Maybe. I don't know. Could be, Memory. Could be, could be. Truck Solis. This is. Yep. And Daniel Agnew. Welcome what in, if- fellas. And possibly lady fellas, yeah. and possibly vehicles. What if it's what if it's Tamra Solis? It could be. Shout out Tamra. Yeah. I'm gonna fight the patriarchy here. All right, pickle. Let's talk a little bit about the national championship game, the college football national championship game going on uh, Monday. on Monday. 
the 2023 uh, college football playoff national championship game. And for the first time since 2010, a Texas team will be participating. That's right. And the first time in the playoff era. Uh, it will be the TCU Horned Frogs making their first ever trip to the national championship game, taking on the defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. And we mentioned this yesterday with Greg Powers, and we'll continue to mention it. It is pretty clear that TCU's... Oh, come on. It's pretty clear Boo. that TCU's an underdog in this game. Yes. At least according to Vegas. And according to the people. Now, the population. it opened at 13 and a half. Mm-hmm. It has steamed down to 12 and a half. Mattress Mac put down like three and a half on TCU when it was 13. Let me tell you this. I think because generally speaking with big events like this, with big events like the um, national championship game, like the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. like the NBA finals, things like that. Big singular events, the sharp money comes in late. And what I mean by that are like the professional bettors and mm-hmm. the big pe- the big time people who are like, do this for a living. That money comes in late. And I got to be honest, I think it's going to favor Georgia. And I think that there's, I think that what, I think that if, I think there are sharps in Vegas who are looking at this steam down to 12 and a half, mm-hmm. 12 maybe, and they're going, oh boy. I'm about to get a discount mm-hmm. because I think that the general the general consensus is that 13 and a half to 14 was about right. Yep. That George is a pretty clear favorite in this game. Mm-hmm. But TCU has been an underdog multiple times this year. They were an underdog against Texas, I believe. They were underdogs. Uh, I, they, I don't know what the – I would need to go back and check the line on Oklahoma – I wonder if they were underdogs in that game, which obviously didn't age well because Oklahoma was garbage. I think they were an underdog against Oklahoma State. Might have been. Might have been an underdog against Kansas State, too. Yeah. Um, but they've been underdogs. They were obvious underdogs last week in the college football national semifinal against Michigan. They've been underdogs before. But perhaps you don't know a ton about the George Bulldogs because, you know, uh, the SEC team in Texas didn't play them. Texas A&M didn't play Georgia this year. Um, so we haven't talked a ton about Georgia this year. Uh, and so if you are looking at the the game on, on Monday and you need to know who TCU needs to be worried about, that's why we're here. Now, let me be very clear. Obviously, obviously, they should pay attention to the quarterback, mm-hmm. to Stetson Bennett, who is Seems normal. very solid, very solid. Uh, although he threw a pretty horrific interception in their title game or in their, in their semifinal win over Ohio State, but what led a fantastic drive to essentially to win the game there in the final minutes. Um, and he is a, he's very good, very very good. I didn't want to put him on this list because, duh, like of course you should pay attention to Stetson Bennett and make sure he doesn't beat you. But all of that is to say, I have got three players that TCU absolutely has to deal with if they're going to win the national championship. Okay? Three players. We will start with tight end Brock Bowers. Are you familiar with Brock Bowers? Yes. You are? I mean, I watch their game. Okay, so yeah. Like, I wouldn't say that I could tell you his stat line, but I can say I know he makes an impact. (laughs) Brock Bowers is one of two absolute monsters at Mm -hmm. tight end. That they have. Yes. They've got two. 
And Brock they Bowers, use them a lot. Darnell Washington's the other. Now, Darnell Washington went out of the semifinal game with an injury. We mm. do not know his status. Was it ankle? Looked like it. Now, who we don't know his status uh, for, for this national championship game, but whether or not he's out there, Brock Bowers is really, really important to what they do. Brock Bowers is fundamentally a slot receiver mm-hmm. who's 6'4", 230. Yep. Like... Think, like this guy is a monster out there, mm-hmm. and he is for a team that they do they do throw the ball fairly well. Mm-hmm. This is this is their go to guy in big situations when yeah. they need a when they need a big catch they go to him. Well, and we talked about it yesterday too that the TCU defensive front is mm-hmm. fine. Their strength of the defense is in their secondary, Correct. which obviously helps with this, but. Bowers is so big that when he does get past the line of scrimmage and make the they catch, can, they it can gets dangerous. Mismatches. He is also, the other thing is, and especially the other thing with Darnell Washington, he is like a sixth offensive lineman for them. He is an outstanding mm-hmm. blocker. He's an outstanding pass blocker or an outstanding blocker. Both of them are outstanding blockers. Both of them are stars. But Brock Bowers is a freak show. Brock Bowers is probably their most remarkable player mm-hmm. is what I mean. And he is he is stunning to watch. And, and so TCU has got to find an answer for him, and they move him around so much to try to get him mismatches on linebackers, on, on nickelbacks, on, on guys that they feel like they can exploit. And so TCU has got to have an answer for Brock Bowers if they're going to win this game. For the next one, I want to go over to the defensive side. And I want to talk about Defensive lineman Jalen Carter. He's a big boy. The Georgia front is, in my opinion... The Great Wall of China. <laughs> it's, the, it's their strength. Yeah. Their secondary, I think, can be had. And I think you saw that with Ohio, with Ohio State. Ohio State was able to, to get through, move the ball through the air mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, but this is their alpha dog defensively. It's the opposite of the TCU defense. <laughs> Jalen Carter is their star out there and he's got he is a guy who makes a lot of hay out there and what what I mean by that is he's 63300 okay 63300 at the defensive tackle spot he is not he is not going to have 18 tackles in this game if he does things have gone really wrong mm-hmm. Jalen Carter is not going to have five sacks in this game but Jalen Carter in the middle of that defense is disruptive. And he is the guy who blows up blocks. He's a block destroyer. And he blows up what you do want to do in the running game. It is going to be up to the interior of this TCU offensive line to deal with Jalen Carter. Because he is a monster out there. Now they've got other guys that are go- that are the the sack merchants, right? They've got Michael Williams, who's been great for them. Uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson has been really good for them, etc. Uh, Nolan Smith, but really where they make their hay is in the middle of that defense because Jalen Carter is a star up front. They're gonna have to make him. They're going to have to neutralize him in the middle of that defense if they want to get that running game going. We don't know the status of Kendra Miller, but even if it's, if it's Amari DiMarcato, they still feel pretty good about running the ball. What Ohio State did was 
because the the pass rush and the bull rush and and and, and the the guys that they've got are so dangerous. The front for Georgia is so dangerous. They really moved the pocket for uh, for C.J. Stroud. They let C.J. Stroud get out, move the pocket, and and run the ball a little bit. Not necessarily to tuck it and run, but just to move the pocket. Max Duggan can do that, and I think they're going to have to do that against this ferocious front seven led by Jalen Carter at the big at the big defensive tackle spot. And finally, let's give a little love. Give a little love. Offensive to the linemen deserve more love. Let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. Let's talk about the star of this offensive line, which is Warren McClendon. Warren McClendon uh, for for Georgia is the very clear star of this offensive line. He's the right tackle for Georgia, and he has been he has been fantastic for them. Absolutely fantastic. A team captain. Uh, all SEC, um, he is the alpha dog on that offensive line. But in many ways, he's the leader of that offensive line. And really what he is, is he is reflective of everything that Georgia wants to do. Mm -hmm. Georgia is going to run a fair amount of counter, where they're going to pull guys like Warren McClendon. They're going to run a fair fair amount of, of just quick stunts with their offensive line and especially whenever if they're able to have uh if they're able to have uh, uh, Washington uh the the uh Darnell Washington the big tight end out there then they're going to use him alongside uh alongside uh, uh, Warren McClendon to to open up some space for them This offensive line for George is excellent. Yes. It's excellent, excellent, excellent. And if you are TCU, you've got to do what you did against Michigan, which is use your 3-3 defense, fire off a bunch of weird blitzes so they don't know where you're coming from, and disrupt the running game. Mm-hmm. The running game for Georgia is probably, it's, it's strange to say, it's probably, not, uh, it's probably not as good as Michigan's. Um, at least it's not as star-studded. But Kenny McIntosh and Dewan Edwards... They can go. And by the way, Stetson Bennett can run the ball a bit as well. I was well. just fixing to say that's where I see the biggest issues coming because Stetson Bennett will blast you He'll on the outside, but he was not scared to punch that thing up the middle. He'll tuck it and run. I think that the Georgia offensive line is better than the than the uh, the Michigan offensive line, and I also think that they are going to have a better idea of the scheme. They faced, they have faced a 3-3 before. They faced Mississippi State. And Kirby Smart mentioned that in his press conference yesterday. They have faced a 3-3 to 3-3 before. How they handle it and how they put guys like Warren Mac- McClendon rather in in tough situations is going to be important. Remember, this is a TCU team that had 13 tackles for loss against Michigan. They will need a, a similar performance from their defense getting into the backfield and being disruptive if they're going to bring home a national championship. So there they are, three players from Georgia that TCU must stop if they're going to win the 2023 national championship. Of course, we'll have complete coverage for you at texasfootball.com. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. And now, a word from our friends at VCR Now. 
born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Oh. All right, Pickle. <laughs> what? Did something flash up? Yeah, just for a minute. All right, Pickle. It's the off season. And in the off season, we like to have these kind of tent pole segments throughout the course of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we'll do headlines on Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. This week in recruiting will still be around on Wednesday. So we're going to do mailbag Friday. Um, Tuesday will be Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. But on Thursday, it's Dumb Thursday. Dumb Thursday. On Dumb Thursday <laughs> is when we ask a dumb question. And we just kind of kick it around for a while. And the dumb question this time... Pickle. And I don't know if it's a dumb question. Maybe it's not. Maybe I accidentally came up with a great question. It's a pretty good question. Did Dallas Fort Worth pass Houston as king of Texas high school football in 2022? So I want you to look at the. We're going to focus on the top two classifications because that's that's normally where you see DFW versus Houston. Yes. Top two classifications. We only had first of all DFW swept the top. Top four, top four divisions in the top two classifications. Mm-hmm. Duncanville, DeSoto, Alito, and South Oak Cliff, all winners. Three of which are all in the 20-mile radius Three of, of which are, are firmly, firmly DFW. Alito, your mileage may vary, but we count them as yeah. DFW, right? Parker County. Do you know the last... And, but but of, of note, there was only one Houston team here. Mm-hmm. North Shore. And of course, they you know Houston got shut out of the of the state cha- of the state championships as far as that's concerned. And they I think win one. we can all agree that North Shore has been the main contributor to carrying the flag for Houston. Yes, they absolutely in have. recent of course, history. They've won, yeah, they've won three of the last three four, of the last four, et cetera. But then think back, like it's not just them, because mm-hmm. remember back in like for example twenty twenty, and I know twenty twenty feels like <laughs> let's not flashback. <laughs> Katie and Crosby were both in the title game, mm-hmm. right? 2019, North Shore, Shadow Creek, Fort Penn Marshall. Yep. 2018, North Shore, Shadow Creek, Fort Penn Marshall. Mm-hmm. 2017, Cy Fair, Manville, right? You had a couple of them. 20, 2016 is the last time there was only one Houston team. That's when the Woodlands was there. They lost to Lake Travis. Everyone else mm-hmm. was from outside of the Houston area. It feels like a long time ago since 2015. 2015, if you remember... Houston won three of the top four. Uh, won all the th- the three biggest ones. North Shore beat Westlake. KD beat Lake Travis, and George Ranch beat Lake Mansfield Lake Ridge. Mm-hmm. 
the past couple of years, I think that there has been a reasonable debate between DFW versus Houston as far as where the power nexus lies. Obviously, Westlake has been fantastic as well. Nobody's debating that, but it's been only them essentially from the Austin area. Mm -hmm. They've been, you know, Vandergriff made it the title game this year, but they were the only Austin area team from, from, you know, uh, uh, Wimberley kind of counts too, but we're talking the top two classifications. My question for you, Pickle, was this the year that DFW passed Houston as the head as the head of the table in Texas high school football. I mean, yeah, from an overall perspective, it's a very healthy debate. I will say if you want factual evidence, the answer to this is if you're looking at 2022 in a singular yeah. bubble, then mm-hmm. yes, it is. I mean, you cannot deny the fact that that happened. I mean, I want you to think about the fact, and this is obviously kind of expanding the scope here. There were more teams from the Brazos Valley mm-hmm. that made the championship game yeah. than there were from Houston, okay? College Station and Franklin mm-hmm. versus just North Shore. That's pretty remarkable. The other thing is, I think it's two-sided coin because we can talk a lot about, oh, boy, you know, Houston didn't, didn't make it. I mean, Katie got upset by Vandegrift, mm-hmm. right? You know, teams that you know, teams from the Houston area that we thought were going to be in the mix never materialized. You know, uh, uh, District 105A Division One didn't make it here, right? The Richmond Foster kind of uh, the Angleton district mm-hmm. didn't make it here. But there's also another side to it, which is that DFW did sweep whoever they did see in that as well. So there's another yep. side to it as well. I was going to say too, the other thing, and this was very evident. We had, we had hired our good buddy, Josh Mank to do some of our freelance work at state. And he put together this little graphic design map of showing what the champions were. And you want to take it even a step further there. Region one and region two won every single game, except for one. Yeah. Except for Franklin, and over except Brock. for Franklin over Brock. And so I wouldn't just say, you know, obviously we're talking just about Houston right now, but that was the entire trend of 2022. And I know that the easy way to bring up another debate about this question is people are going to say, well, that's because they have the state championships at AT&T Stadium every no, single we'll year. We'll get into that another time. And I'm sure that we will. But the other side of it is it would be different if we had every single matchup in the state championship game being DFW and being Houston. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Like, if no, you want to talk about DFW passing Houston, it's because DFW played in the state championship games, yeah. all four of them. Mm-hmm. Mm, one from Houston did. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why it proves that it's the answer to yes, and you can't use the stadium as a reason to blame that yeah, happening. We're not talking about the results of, right. the, of the title game necessarily. We're talking about the finalists mm-hmm. just making it, there. making it there, and and that I think is 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 really, really remarkable. To, uh, to find the last time that an that one region won all four state championships in the mm-hmm. in the in the, the two large classifications, you gotta go back to 2014. Allen, Cedar Hill, Alito, and Ennis, but then we had Cyrus and Katie two. in there, both six A. Yeah, you had two you had two Houston teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not ready to declare the war over. No. Because I think that this is, I think it's possible this is a one-year aberration. Normally we have two to three Houston teams there. Mm -hmm. And normally we have three, you know, usually probably an average of three DFW teams there. Mm -hmm. Right? Because there's just, there's more of them. Um, I'm not ready to, to declare it a trend necessarily. 
But I do think that for 2022, there's no doubt that DFW at the large school classification or the largest classifications was the dominant area of Texas high school football. That's that's yeah. not really like it's a results oriented business and all the results were there. Well, and I think, too, that another easy, like, statistical way to prove it, and I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but if you take a look at the recruiting class, we talked about how good the class of 2023 is. A lot of those recruits came up from the DFW area, which means yeah, I that, break that down DFW programs in and of itself were a lot more experienced. I think that there are quite a few Houston teams that the reason we can't declare the war over, that were a year short, you know, a year early. They've got... They've got younger rosters than what DFW had, and maybe experience kind of plays into that too. We'll see how the tides switch. But I think if you want to just point to the facts and point to the numbers, you can't deny that DFW surpassed them in 2022. I, I think that I think that's right. I think that it depends on your scope. Mm-hmm. If your scope is a one-year scope, then yeah, DFW won 2022. Mm-hmm. That's not really, I don't think, a real argument. Actually, if you want to expand out, you know who really won 2022? was like the big country. Yes. 110%. Big country had a great year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just expand out. Yeah. But if we're talking about the largest classifications, DFW won 2022. But I do think that next that doesn't necessarily portend that next year is going to be is going to be some sort of different, you know, it's it's going to be totally different mm-hmm. or uh, it's going to be the same. I don't think that this is necessarily predictive of what we will see in the future. No. But it is noteworthy. Mm-hmm. It's noteworthy and it's worth kicking around here. On Dumb Thursday. Dumb Thursday. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, someone asked a question, and I think it is a good question, so I will ask you for final thoughts. It was, should Texas football pick up instant replay after the second round of the playoffs? And here, the logistical answer was was given on here. So many stadiums just don't have the capacity to be able to do that. So I after think the that second round. After the second so round. we're I, talking... It's 196 games? Or no, 104, something like that. And that's the thing is there's a lot of 6A stadiums that could do that. They have the capability to do it. But you have to also think if 6A is going to have replay, then 6A. 1A has to have replay, and they, they don't have the capacity. So they there's a logistical capacity. reason. This is, it's, I know this is a football show. Mm-hmm. Y'all, they can't even get a shot clock in <laughs> high school basketball. basketball. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that, that is a far, far less technological lift than instant mm-hmm. replay in football. So would I love it? Yeah, because ultimately th- that, that's, you know, and, and you talk with TASO, um, you know, the, the, the officiating organization, they, they love it in the state mm-hmm. championship because they want to get the call right. Right. Um, but it's just, it is logistically, and especially the way that the UIL operates, they're not going to have it for... Um, Allen versus Duncanville, I'm picking two teams at random. They're not going to have it for Westlake versus North Shore. And not have it and for not have it May for, and Westbrook. You not know? have it for Wood Harrell versus Benjamin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I will say, I do think, like, if, if they ever added in another spot of replay, logistically, I think they could make the state semifinals work. I think there are enough big stadiums possibly, but that would be a stretch. I would say the state semifinals are the only other round they could the ever thing, do it in. Here's the other thing, and this is this is one of the low-key important things about having central site state championship games, which again, we'll debate on another time as far as where the game should be played, because it is the offseason. But 
the coaches don't decide where they play. The coaches are told where they play. For the only time in the playoffs, they are told where they play. Mm -hmm. And as a result, the UIL can set up the things that they need for instant replay to happen. Remember, state semifinal rolls around and Lano ends up playing Coppell, mm -hmm. then that means that Antonio Wiley and Matt Green are getting on the phone and debating and well, figuring honestly, out where I mean, they're playing. The and it could, it could just end up anywhere and you don't like you can't I don't think you can ask coaches to consider Oh, by the way, these are these are technologically available, mm -hmm. you know. To, to well, and that the re the way we can prove that is literally it happened this season when we didn't know where the state semifinal of Duncanville and Spring Westfield Jeez. was going to be until Monday afternoon yeah, Monday because afternoon. they played the game on Saturday. They wanted one of the potential host sites was NRG, and NRG had a Houston Texans game, so. No offense to Duncanville and Spring Westfield, but the people at NRG didn't were in no hurry to get that decided right. the game day of a Texans game, and so we didn't know until yeah, it might have almost even been Tuesday morning. So yeah. there's just a like a legitimate example that happened four weeks ago. Yep. yep. Anyway, it would be great. I wish they great. could. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I think we're all in favor of getting the call right, but it's just right now because of the scope of Texas high school football, it's just not feasible. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love for it to be down the line find you know some sort of solution but for now it is cool we get to have it at the state championship games though i do love that it is good. i really it do is good. and i also the other thing i like about that um if you were there at the state championship games you see that on the big board they just put up was a dv sport mm -hmm. they just put up the dv sport like multi cam thing so you're seeing you're seeing exactly what the ref is seeing when yes. he's looking in the and the they'll machine. go like frame by frame and stuff like that and slow it down slow mo so, yeah exactly yeah. so you will be and, and it's like multiple it's like 16 different cameras uh -huh. like every camera they have of of being able to get the shot that they need so um it is interesting i'm glad they do that because i think that's the most transparent way to do it yeah because like you like i don't know i think sometimes you go to like college stadiums or nfl stadiums or stuff like that and it's like Obviously, there's a neutral site, mm -hmm. but like if it doesn't favor the home team, then like, they will play it once because they have to basically, and then, and then, then that's like, it. Oh, no, you know we're not going to show it anymore. Yeah, um, you know, but like then if you go and it's like if it's a if it's you know if, if North Texas for example, yeah, like if North Texas it, it recovers a fumble, but they roll it down by contact and then they like they show it and then it's they like very play clear it eight hundred times like over and over so the crowd and, gets louder every on, like, single the ball time being out yeah. and it's still being up. And like, you know, because they want to get the reaction. Yeah. So anyway, but I'm, I think that is the best way to do it, to be fully transparent. So, so the answer is we wish it's not going to happen, but exactly. we agree with you, sir. It's going to do for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Texas football today.